Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, frontrunner former President Donald Trump, battle it out here in New Hampshire, the campaign turning into a two-person race on Sunday after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis suspended his campaign, throwing support behind President Trump. Though the former president has a commanding lead heading into the primary, Nikki Haley is hopeful she'll make a splash in the Granite State. Live from Bedford, New Hampshire, we bring in our panel, America's Newsroom co-anchor, host of the Perino on Politics podcast, mm. and co-host of The Five. Is there <laughs> anything else I need to say? Mm. Dana Perino. Mother of Percy. Oh, okay, Mother of Percy. <laughs> Fox News contributor, former speechwriter for George W. Bush, Mark Thiessen, and Fox News radio political analyst, Josh Krashauer. Okay, you just did two hours of television in New Hampshire. Dana, what are you looking at today by the time we get to the time polls close? Well, I'm curious about what the 40% of independents decide to do in New Hampshire. So um, it kind of mirrors the country right now, actually. If you look at the latest Gallup poll, 43% of people say that they are independent. They are not Repu- identifying as Republicans or Democrats anymore, even if they might always vote with Democrats or always vote with Republicans. They don't want to be labeled that anymore. So the live free or die state has 40% independence. They can vote in either way. They can vote however they want to today. So curious what we see there. Also curious about turnout. Iowa was a pretty low turnout situation, but we also had a terrible weather situation in Iowa. We don't have that today in New Hampshire. And then the third thing I will just be the margin, right? So uh, if President Trump in some of the polls is 20, 30 points up ahead, can she close that a little bit? Uh, So looking at that, and then also on the Democratic side, just a little bit curious to see how the Biden ride-in turns out. I think he'll probably end up being fine, but uh, Dean Phillips would love to embarrass the president a little bit. Yeah, it's fascinating. I actually think the Democratic race could be more interesting in the end, but we'll see. (laughs) Um, Mark, do you think that she needs to finish in single digits to really make a case for going on? That would be good for her. Yes, it would. Um, You know, it's interesting. We're I think we're all looking at this primary a little bit different in the wrong way, in the sense that this isn't just a regular Republican primary. Donald Trump is effectively the GOP incumbent, right? He's the former president. He's still, you know, no one's beaten him for the, you know, at the, so he, if you look at it from an incumbent perspective, well, the last time you had a race like this in New Hampshire was when Pat Buchanan challenged George H.W. Bush in 1992. And the result there was 52 percent for George H.W. Bush and 38 percent for Pat Buchanan. And that was seen as a huge blow to, to George H.W. Bush. Buchanan didn't win the nomination, but it really bloodied him for the general election. 
And so if Nikki Haley comes with does better than that, if she comes in with a few points, it may not get her the nomination. But, uh, you know, everyone's seeing it as like a, a, a Trump triumph. It's pretty bad to be the the Republican president who's running for his second term and have that many Republicans voting against you in a primary. Yeah. So the question is whether that much of the GOP electorate going forward wants this in case of emergency break glass option. Uh, and, you know, she is not on the caucus in Nevada, so she can't get delegates there. She's trailing big time in her home state of South Carolina. So this is a big deal tonight. It really is a big deal, Brett. And this is as close to home field advantage as you can get for, for Nikki Haley, who's essentially running as the, the anti-Trump, the more moderate uh, candidate in this race. Uh, independents can vote in New Hampshire. They're not allowed to vote in many of the other states down the road. You have even some anti-Trump Democrats that may cross, cross over and participate in the Republican primary. And look, almost half of, of the New Hampshire electorate, especially when there isn't a real competitive Democratic race, uh, often, you know, are independents. They're not, not partisan Republicans. So she, I, I think she, I think Mar I agree with Mark. I think she needs to get within single digits. I think, you know, maybe she can be the comeback kid like, like Bill Clinton uh, <laughs> did in 92. Uh, expectations have dropped quite a bit in the last few days. If she can come within, you know, mid-single digits, that would be quite a story. And, and she can go on to South Carolina. But look, I mean, these are the two most friendly states, New Hampshire with its moderate electorate for the Republicans, and then her home, home state in a month in, in South Carolina. She's going to need to show some momentum at some point. You know, 2000, George W. Bush, John McCain, you felt this surge here. There was a huge John McCain Straight Talk Express surge that you felt in the end here in New Hampshire. It obviously ended when the empire struck back in South Carolina, <laughs> but... Um, but you, it was noticeable. Yeah. The question is, do we feel that surge for Nikki Haley now? No, I don't think so. Um, but I also think if you ever want to watch Karl Rove squirm, all you have to do is say New Hampshire 2000. Yeah. And, you know, it was an embarrassing loss, 18 points, right? He yeah. lost to John McCain there. And so I, the other thing I took away from that as it was a great leadership lesson, I think, of that 43 showed, which is, he said that he knew that when he lost by that much in New Hampshire, after having all that momentum out of Iowa, that if he didn't take full responsibility, his team was going to try to kill each other <laughs> mm -hmm. and blame each other. Mm -hmm. And so he gathered everybody into the hotel room and said, everyone, this is on me. I take full responsibility, so you have to go and figure it out from there. So, And, and that kept everybody together and being able to move on to South Carolina. We'll hear from our panel after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another thing that's very different from 2000, I'm not a demographer, but I dabble in it. <laughs> I'm interested in it. Um, Put one on TV. The, the makeup of the electorate in New Hampshire is different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and work from home has changed a lot of things. And there's a lot of people who had been living in Massachusetts or, or in, in the Boston area who now live in New Hampshire. It's a live free or die state. That's where they would rather be. A lot of those are those independent voters. And I think that has a different feel for New Hampshire this time around. 
And I think South Carolina also has a different sort of makeup, right? A lot of people have left blue states and moved south, and South Carolina has been the recipient of a lot of those. Yeah. yeah. Mark, you know, we cover all the controversial things and the bird brain and the crooked Joe and all the things he says the former president does on the trail that, you know, is like, look at the shiny thing over here. Yeah. But in reality... This campaign seems like it's hitting its marks on policy. He's talking about immigration a lot. He's hitting Nikki Haley, whether accurate or not, but it's really repetitive in the ads and the closing uh, of these rallies. Whereas her pitch is much more, I'm the new generation, Uh, we don't want Trump-Biden, but it's not really policy-oriented. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting insight. She's, um, but again, I don't know that Trump, Trump's, what Trump is is winning on is not policy. It's the fact that people feel that he – a lot of Republican voters feel that he was mistreated for all this time. And they're starting with the Mueller probe and then the first impeachment over the Zelensky call and then the second impeachment over January 6th and then the, you know, the Bragg indictment. And then the you – know, I could go on and on and list them all, but you, you know the litany. Um, and people are just rallying around him. Um, and that's what's doing it. I think it, that that's what's winning. It's, I, I don't think on either in either case. And that's what's hurt Nikki Haley so much is because her message to Republican voters is, I know you like Donald Trump. I voted for him too. I served in his administration. But we need to move on because he's going to lose to Joe Biden. And then you have some of these polls coming out showing that well, Trump actually can beat Biden. Um, they're really they're all most of them within the margin of error. It's going to tighten before the election. It's kind of a it's kind of an illusion uh, to some extent. It's going uh, that, but it, it gives them enough to say she was asking them to choose between their heads and their hearts, and they're sort of saying, well, I don't have to choose between my head and my heart. My heart says Trump, and some of the polls say Trump too. So I just go with my head and my heart and vote for Donald <laughs> Trump. Yeah, Josh. Uh- Britt said the other day, I think it was on your show, Dana, that um, Alvin Bragg should get the gift, yeah. gift backs basket for former president because, you know, that <laughs> indictment, that move, but prosecution really was the weakest and the first and united people about about all of these legal cases. But um, the other thing is, is that you have to see the person as president. And since he has been president, you can obviously see pres- President Trump in that office. You have to see Nikki Haley in the Oval Office. And I talked to some people that didn't see it. Yeah, that's a fascinating dynamic. Where you, there, there were some voters actually interviewed in the local paper that said they agree with Haley's points, but they actually see Trump as more presidential. So they, even though even though they agreed with Haley on the issues, Trump got their vote. And, and incumbency is a powerful dynamic. And I think Mark is absolutely right that that he is a, a former president. That that is a, a huge advantage in, in this race. And I think a lot of challenge. You know, Haley's burden is to prove that she can be commander in chief. That she can really convince a lot of these persuadable voters that that they need to make a change. And and Trump has run a good campaign. Like he has not only you know had the incumbency advantage, but he is tapped into uh, the, the the mood of the electorate. There's a you know a real sense of pessimism about the direction of the country, and he's really on immigration, on the economy. He's been the change candidate, and he also has the experience to, to back that up as well. What if you're right, and the Democratic side is an embarrassment to President Biden? Where do we go from there? If it's, well, I'm I, not saying a loss, yeah, but maybe a I'm real squeaker. I think that they probably will just pretend like it doesn't matter, just like they pretend his age doesn't matter. Like they pretend the border doesn't matter. They're just like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, I, I, you know, I'm dealing with, 
I don't know why I'm speechless. I'm not speechless. I'm trying to be kind. Okay. <laughs> I'm surrounded. I'm, sur- I'm, tr- I'm out of practice at the press secretary. This isn't the five. But I'm surrounded by people who think that Michelle Obama is going to all of a sudden swoop in and save the Democrats and take over for Biden, and she's going to be the candidate. And I'm like, I will bet you a year's salary. That's not happening. I agree. And yeah. it's annoying to me in a way because I'm like, you guys, they think that Biden is their person. And Biden wanted this contest again with Trump. They think Biden can do it. So yeah. I think that even if there is a little bit of a, oh, wow, um, there's no delegates on the line for the Democrats tonight either, by the way. This yeah. is why, why it's like also kind of silly. I think the Democrats, if they get embarrassed a little bit tonight, blow it off and they go to South Carolina. But again, you know, Jim Clyburn, who helped Biden win so, by that big margin in South Carolina, yesterday he said he doesn't believe the polls that show that African-Americans are walking away from President Biden. But the polling this election cycle has been pretty accurate across the board, and all the polls are showing the same thing. So they have their head in the sand on so many issues that even if they have an embarrassment tonight, I think they just go forward and pretend Mm -hmm. like it's fine. Because you can't get to the other shoe dropping, Mark. You can't get, okay, they're going to have some big thing with a convention. They're going to put in Gavin Newsom or something. But what happens to Kamala Harris? You can't get there, like, logistically in your head. They can't get rid of Kamala Harris. I mean, it's just not going to happen. They're not going I mean, to. The, the, the Democratic Party is a party has become a party of uh, coastal elites and and racial coalition, and they are not going to get rid of the first woman vice black vice president. It's just not going to happen. So they're stuck with her. Um, and the interesting thing, if, I, if Trump does end up winning the nomination, I told Kellyanne this the other night that I would t- I would I would advise Donald Trump to show up at the vice presidential debate and say I'm going to do this one too, uh, because <laughs> she's the real she's the real candidate. And just say you know and just say uh, you know she's the real candidate. There's no, any just look at Joe Biden. There's no way he's going to be president for five years. Mm. Not, he's not going to be in the Oval Office. She, if he wins the election, she's going to be the president of the United States. So I want to vote. I want to debate her too. It would be the earliest general election start, Josh, that we've ever seen. First of all, there's history in that if uh, Trump wins tonight, he's the first candidate to win three New Hampshire primaries. Um, And he will start this general election so early that it's going to be such an ugly ride to November. It's going to be very ugly. And look, I think we'll be spending as much time in courtrooms looking at all the legal uh, challenges. And and look, I I think that's the case that Haley didn't make. Hunters, too. Your Hunter and it all and, comes and, together. Yeah, it, it, it's a legal election where where both presidents are going to both president and former president are going to be dealing with a whole lot of landmines to come, and I think that is for Trump. I think that's sort of the X factor. To you know, he Trump has not been quite as front and center as he was back in 2020, and if voters are reminded of some of the baggage, or if they you know Biden too and, and Hunter Biden, they, there's a lot of that. Is that priced in, or is that going to come down the road? And I think that's Trump can tout the fact that he's leading Biden in most of these polls like that. The electability electability argument has fallen flat for all, all of uh, Trump's challenges. If I were Trump, I'd get to the border ASAP and just keep sh- shining a light on that. Very interesting. Something's going on, Brett. Something's going on with the administration. You had Blinken praising the Mexican government, thanking them on. Oh, they're fentanyl. trying to do a deal. They're getting ready to go. They're actually traveling there. I think in three weeks they're going down to Mexico. Uh, they're going to try to do something there to make it look like they're on top of the border. I think that the American people already have it written in, that that gets baked into the cake, like they believe Biden is not good on this issue. But something's happening. So if I were President Trump, I'd get there ASAP. But if yeah. you're, if, if you're, Remain in Mexico suddenly yeah. becomes a policy in August. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about 
from the Democrats' perspective, like, okay, so Donald Trump came down the escalator and campaigned on the border, on illegal immigration, and got elected in 2016. And so you win the White House back, and what do you do? You unleash the worst border crisis in American history and think that's not going to help him get, get elected a second time. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, you know. They've created their own, their own dynamic that could bring Donald Trump right back into the White House. It's definitely a key issue. We saw it in Iowa. We're going to see it tonight yeah. in the voter uh, analysis. Thank you so much for all of you. We'll see what happens tonight. Now for a bit of history. 1807, President Thomas Jefferson was gifted a pair of bear cubs by American explorers Meriwether Lewis and William Clark. The bears were carried by horseback hundreds of miles to Washington before they were sent to a museum in Philadelphia. They stayed on the south lawn of the White House. Jefferson's political opponents jokingly referred to the president's bear garden in reference to the rough and rowdy era of his presidency. There you go. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com, wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Dana, Mark, and Josh, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.